Welcome to the Tape Cassette Podcast. This is Jacqueline. I am talking to you today about hip-hop and tapes and kind of like how those two intertwine together. So I guess to start with, um, the whole tape and hip-hop had a big kind of like impact in helping different hip-hop artists get known. And particularly what would happen is on one of the radio stations, which was 89 KRS, a college radio station, there was a show created by Stretch Armstrong and Bobito, and basically, if you were anybody in hip-hop, you would end up on that show, at least for the East Coast. And what would happen is the shows were really late at night, kind of like not in a common time frame that people would be listening to radio, and people would sit there to record what was going on on the show. And if you go on YouTube, you can actually listen to these tapes that were uploaded from that time period. And they were, like, super, super popular to have those tapes. Not popular, I don't know is the right word, but it was, like, kind of a big deal if you had the tapes from, like, the night before or you would hear about it from somebody else and be like, I want that tape, to the point where people were, like, flipping them for five bucks. Like, hey, you want this tape from last night? You got to give me five bucks to get it. So that's kind of a funny concept. Not funny, but it's, like, kind of cool. So... Basically, these two guys would have, like, different radio uh, radio parts going on there. So they'd have records being played with instrumentals, and there would be bass lines that were, like, pumped up. So you'd have this really awesome groove going on, and then verses being spit. Um, now, the cool part about the verses is that some of them were never released. So basically, a lot of these hip-hop artists like if you do not have these tape if we didn't have these tapes we would like never hear it again and even like to the point where some of them might not have been as big as they were without being on that show and having cassettes recorded um there's one talk about uh Wu-Tang Clan when they went on that radio show like the next day they got signed and um Another part that I did see in the documentary that I watched that was on this radio show was that um, people would even, like, negotiate to get different artists on there because they knew, like, once they went on that radio show, they were going to, like, blow up in their scene for hip-hop. So it was kind of, like, this really interesting documentary to watch on it, and it probably had the most information of how... It was really more talking about the radio and how radio helped hip-hop grow, but the important part, I think, of this with the cassette tie-in is that had there not been cassettes, there would have been no way in that time period to record what was happening because you couldn't, like, one of the great parts about cassettes over vinyl is that you can record things on cassettes. Vinyl cost so much money to be able to press and make and you can't just do it instantly like you can a cassette and that was the beauty of this is that the radio would be playing this moment in time that would not ever be duplicated because some of those verses were never said again or like never like they were just in the moment and if they weren't captured on cassette 
you wouldn't be able to go on YouTube and just listen to them. I mean, nowadays we record all of our, like, radio shows are probably recorded, but there was something more organic about people waiting up till 1 or 2 a.m. to capture on cassette what was happening on the radio. And that was kind of, like, a big deal to the point where, like, without cassettes, this would not have been able to have gotten as big as it did. And um, the radio show talk like the documentary talks about how people who went on the radio show became like mega stars in the hip hop community. Um, one of them in particular was like Wu Tang Clan. Before they went on that show, they weren't signed. They didn't have an album yet. They went on that show, got an got then they got their album out and they got signed from being on that show. I'm sure there's other factors, but the person that signed them literally said. If I wasn't up watching it or listening to them at that moment, they would not have found Wu-Tang and then made that into what they are known for today. And just about everybody who's anybody for East Coast hip-hop was on that radio show. And there's probably a cassette somewhere with real, like, before they got big, before they got signed, just more organic as far as like when a musician just starts and they don't have a label telling them what to do what to produce it's going to be a little bit more like I don't want to say amateur because that's not the right word for it but it's a little bit more rough where it's like okay this is like when they're starting maybe they're not at their prime yet or maybe it is their prime before they're signed but needless to say they're kind of like in that moment where it's just about the music it's just about saying what they got to say the verses that were out and a lot of them weren't put on they weren't they just weren't ever released onto an album so I have so many notes on this and it's like it's it's like there was just so much to learn about it and I just watched like a bunch of different videos. There's, um, let me go over some of the ones. I'm going to my notes to find out. Um, the first thing I did was that I went online and YouTube and I looked up 90s cassette tapes and I was like hoping to find some like documentary talking about how it impacted the hip hop community and there just wasn't a lot on it. In fact, the main thing that you'll find if you look up 90s hip-hop tapes is actual tapes, which the tapes is where I started the research for this podcast was just listening to recordings of the tapes. And this was like before I knew that the radio, I like I knew that there was something to do with radio, but I'm not that um, knowledgeable on like the, I, I know hip-hop as far as like the music is concerned, but I wasn't too aware of like the origins of everything and listening to the actual tapes first gave me a first impression that when I listened to different documentaries and different like audio clips afterwards it made sense because the first thing I noticed when I listened to those tapes was that they were straight from the radio so when you're listening to something straight from the radio it it kind of left me with the question like well why did someone record this on a cassette but then I thought about my own childhood and listening to tapes on the radio. I did the same thing. But I was more or less listening to like alternative music and like indie rock before it was indie rock. But it was a similar concept where it was like the college radio stations. Very similar concept in that where you're listening to 
somewhere where they're not going to be playing the pop music that we're used to. Because hip-hop was never known back in the early 90s for being played on the actual radio. And in just about every single book, everything I read talks about the number one song for getting on regular radio was Rapper's Delight from Sugar Hill Gang. And it's kind of like, okay, I could totally see that. It's not to say that it's the best hip-hop song, but that was, like, the first one that went to pop. But these other radio stations had kind of, like, something going on that the other radio stations didn't, where they were playing hip-hop at, you know, for, like, hours on end, but in the time that no one is really listening to the radio other than the people looking for this. So there's another video on YouTube that was called Golden Age of Cassette, a 2011 documentary with Nas, and it kind of goes over how, like, making tapes was a process for him. I wrote four pages on that clip alone, like, that video alone, and it's only, like, seven or eight minutes or something, but the radio and the cassette players were kind of a big deal for these artists, and you could create so much with them like they would create their own tapes like you had demo tapes being created but the biggest thing was capturing that radio moment because there were just stuff that didn't happen on albums after so I have so many quotes here I'm like I'm not even sure where to start with it so it says like so one of the things that they talk about in that documentary is that Cassettes were kind of like this different thing to them because you could literally put it up to your nose, smell the tape, you can feel the tape, and then you're looking at the tape and you're like, hey, sound is on this. And that was Nas that said that. And there was just something real uh, relatable with that because it's like, yeah, that's part of the reason I like cassettes is because it is something you can hold, you can smell it, don't recommend tasting it, but if you're into that... Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but you could, you could feel it, you can hold it, you can touch it. And this is something that's tangible, but it's also an artifact in the way. And I often think about what would happen if there was no digital or if everything, you know, nowadays you pay for streaming services, but you don't really own the music. And when you have a tape cassette in your hand, you own that tape. Like, you own it. No one can take it from you unless you give it to them or you sell it, which you're still giving it to them for funds back. But the ultimate thing is, like, this is something that you physically have in your hand. And the crazy part about it is that tape actually has sound on it. So they kind of talk about that on there. And then... Let me go over, so I went and I watched another, okay, so I randomly found this guy on YouTube, and his name is Dangerous BTV, and I loved, like, all of his videos, and he's not, like, he doesn't have a ton of subscribers or anything, so if you go on YouTube, I definitely recommend checking it out. The, he does curse a lot on there, so... I don't really mind cursing. I try not to do it on the podcast in case, like, kids are listening to it or something. But I do I, I do recommend checking it out. It's it's a little bit of cursing, but it he had really good 
cassettes that he showed. So he literally is showing off his collection. He has like Scarface, Project Pat, uh, 3-6 Mafia Days. And then he, every time he would show like one of the tapes, he kept saying, like every time he'd show it, he would show the inserts and the cassette and be like, no bootleg, no BS. And, but it, it's funnier when he says it because he actually says the words versus BS. And I, like, wrote in the comments, I'm like, you need to make that into a shirt, because I would totally buy it if it said no bootleg, no BS. And um, that's going to be my next weekend's podcast is going to be on counterfeit tapes and bootlegs, and I'm going to go into that a little bit further. But I did really like what he was talking about, and he did talk in another video, which I really liked, was his discussion about albums versus mixtapes and, like, slap tracks together versus classic albums, and, like, you, like, it was just kind of, like, one of those things that that's something I always say, too, because I don't consider the stuff that I've released as albums. I consider them mixtapes, and it kind of hit the nail on the head with that because a lot of people, he's not the only one that I've heard say that, but it's just continuous around the board. Anybody that's in the hip-hop scene will definitely tell you that there's a difference between a mixtape and an album and there should be a difference and some artists like they don't have that differentiation like different like there's no difference between the two of them I may have just made up my own my own word but regardless um so like you can't really tell the difference between their mixtape and their album which is like a it's not a good thing it's definitely not a good thing if you can't tell the difference between the two. And that kind of makes the difference between a great hip-hop artist and someone that's kind of, like, mediocre is that their albums are going to be kind of, like, mini masterpieces. Whereas the mixtapes are kind of, like, these hodgepodge that sometimes they do have a, a theme or consistency with them, but they're not, like, a full-on story, which that's a very common thing with hip-hop albums is that they do have a story to them. Or they have, like, a common theme or they're saying something in there that was, like, important to the message that they're trying to pro to project. So, I was kind of, like, I, I picked up three books from the library on hip-hop. And I didn't notice, but two of them were by the same person. And one of them was, like, one of them was good. The one that was good was called The Rap Yearbook. And... Like, oh, so, so all three of these books had very little about cassette. And I was like, cassettes had such a big impact on the hip hop music that it was kind of shocking that they didn't even mention them in the books. Like, how could you miss that important part of history? That's what I thought on it. So it was kind of like, well, I guess if they didn't mention it, it probably wasn't a big deal to them. But then I'm like, maybe they just didn't know enough about hip-hop and they just wrote about, like, what they do know because I feel like that's something that should be mentioned in it. Um, the rap yearbook was kind of cool because it kind of goes over year by year, like, what hip-hop songs kind of, like, impacted the genre. But it was, all, it was a little disappointing that it didn't have a lot about actual tape cassettes. So, I guess the, like, to kind of, like, I guess clo in closing, I guess you could say, is that without um, the cassettes, I think that a lot of the hip-hop might have been lost. 
in the sense that, like, we wouldn't have captured those moments and those verses that didn't amount to actual albums. But this was also, like, the cassettes captured moments in time that people were up and coming. And it was almost like a passage that they had to be put on there to do that. And I know that um, one of the things I did see in the documentary was, like, people would have... They'd be really protective over their tapes. Like, they would... I One guy was, like, talking about going somewhere and someone's, like, eating. And he's got, like, his tapes. And then the guy's like, hey, what tapes do you got? And the guy's, like, hiding them. Like, I imagine it being, like, a little kid that has candy. And then, like, another little kid being like, hey, what candy you got there? And they're just, like, hiding it. Like, these are mine. I'm not going to share them with you. That's the vibe I got from that, which was kind of cool. So, um, it's, I, I really wanted to go more extensively on this, but the, the research is just, like, not as easily found as, um, like, my last episode, for example. I found a lot of different content on it. Um, but the hip-hop, I, I would say the best part about the hip-hop cassettes and learning about it was just listening to it because it kind of, just listening to the actual tapes is more important than, I guess, talking about them, but they were very important. Oh, and then one thing I forgot to mention was there was one point where um, one of them was talking about how, like, it's everyone to always remember, like, when I think of boomboxes, I immediately think of, like, someone walking down the street with a boombox on their shoulder, which is, like, the stereotypical boombox moment, and... In one of the videos I watched, they talked about how, like, people would make their own mixes or, like, I guess, like, mixtapes of the songs that they liked that they related to. And a lot of them had songs that went for their neighborhoods. And one guy talked about, like, you would start your your cassette would start in one side of town and then end on the other side. And you, like, timed it so that when you're walking through different blocks... You got different tracks playing so that by the time you ended up in point, you know, going from A to B, by the time you ended up in point B, you would have this track playing. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I didn't have to walk as a kid, so I can't really relate with that. But I imagine it would be similar to like, you know, if you had to do a drive, uh, that's the only way I can relate to this is but like when I did drives to college, I would have to do like my own road trip mixtapes and then it was like okay during certain points I would have different music playing so that was my only uh way to kind of relate to it but I thought that was really awesome in the fact that like people would time it so perfectly and um I know that a lot of people did what I did as a kid where it's like you would they would hear the song come on quickly on the radio and like you would instantly jump up hit record even if you miss like a couple seconds of the beginning of the song, at least you could get the rest of the song on there. So that's pretty much it for this episode. Uh, I hope that it was educational or you learned something or were amused. Um, that is it for this one. And then next week we will go over bootlegs and counterfeit and kind of like talking more about how that impacted the tape cassette world and everything to do with that funness. So I hope you have an awesome day, night, or whatever it is right now that you're doing.